Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey, it's Rob Riggle. And Sarah Tiana. And you are listening to Riggle's Picks. Yeah, and a ham horn. And uh, we have a new <laughs> podcast available on the Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the Podcast One app. If you love the show, share it with a friend and leave us a rating and review. Every Thursday, we're going to sit around and we're going to talk about the things that really excite us, like life, comedy, sports, a lot of sports. Uh, Ourselves. A, a lot of Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Kim Jong-un. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you join us. Get it on, got to get it on, no choice but to get on, mandate, get it on, and welcome to the show. I'm Adam Carolla, it's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea over hello, there. Hello, hello. Uh, Carcass is yeah. in this program. Ken Lingenfelter's here. We love Ken. Everyone loves Ken. Everyone loves Ken. Hey, guys. <laughs> we went to his collection in July out in uh, Michigan, and uh, what city are you in? You know, it's in Brighton. It's just north of Ann Arbor, but outside the Detroit area. Not too far, 40 minutes away from downtown Detroit. We took a uh, bus there with uh, Bruce Meyer, who's – his greatest skill is hustling people on and off buses. Yeah. That's his whole thing. Come on. Here we go. We've here arrived. Go. Go there. Go. And then at some point, you see a car you're digging on. He's like, yeah. hey, back on the bus. Here That's we it. go. we got to go we're, see a tucker. We're, we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great wrangler. He's a wrangler. People. Yeah. He's like he's like one of those uh, uh, Australian shepherd poet, you know, sheepdogs. It just like he's just he just he just wrangles people. Yeah. Uh, so we went to Ken's uh, very eclectic, uh, very eclectic collection, and uh, I I I love it. I love a guy who just goes. I like cars. I don't like. I'm not a Mopar guy. I just like everything. Everything that's cool to me. Yeah, and and Ken, you. Sometimes get teased about some of the cars in oh, your yeah. collection, but there's a reason to it that not a lot of people understand, right? Yeah, yeah there really is, and thanks for calling it eclectic. <laughs> I, I, you know, there's a lot of people that have said a lot of different things. I like that word; that's a good one. Uh, but you know, the thing is that the mission for the collection has always been charity work. We do charity fundraisers there; it's not open to the public, and so I'm always looking for things that are going to get a lot of attention. And uh, there are a lot of General Motors cars in there. But, there you know, but, but you also have like all the field trips and the kids come in, and that's right. a big thing. Because when we were at Barrett Jackson, this uh, a car that you would love, the Pontiac Solstice. Mm, sweet, <laughs> right? We saw this gray one coming up on the auction block, and we hear somebody buys it for like uh, like eleven like eleven yeah. grand, and it's <laughs> and Ken buys it because it was in the movie Transformers, and the mm. kids are gonna love the Transformers it's all car. About the kids, yeah. So. Ken paid eleven thousand dollars to make kids smile. We, uh, <laughs> you, you're not going to see a vector too many places other than Ken's. No, collection. and I like that car. You know, it, that turned out to be one of those things. I didn't really even quite understand exactly what it was. I knew about them. You know, they made what 14, 14 of them and such. But vectors uh, were made, I think, out here in California for some reason in the eighties, late seventies, mid eighties, something like that. There, there was, were there was a couple different engines. There was like a Donovan V8, and then maybe there was a 12, or they tried doing a thing with Lamborghini. They were very, very stealth fighter-y, very slabby, yes. very like 80s slabby, angular, and kind of 
the pre-Celine S7 kind of vibe. Yes, and if you want to see one, I think the movie's called Rising Sun with Wesley Snipes and Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's quite a memory. In there, the very man. beginning, the Asian guy runs and the car crashes and the guy dies and simulates his death. He comes back later. Vector. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Well, you know, there were a lot of posters of that car, too. That yeah. was one of those cars I guys sold bought, more posters you know? than he yeah. did anything yeah. else. Yeah. Right I think up on a, the wall there. Ah, there it is, in yeah. the movie. See? Oh, there you go. <laughs> so Ken had a Vector that I'd never even seen because it was the V12, maybe Lamborghini-powered one, and, a, and not nearly as slabby as the early model Vectors were. What year is your Vector? You know, it's uh, like late, like 70. Uh, actually, I think that's an 80. I think yeah, it 80. that car yeah. looks like it's yeah. in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. And, and like with a Diablo power plant or something, or something right in Countach. And then the. Um, I got a couple pictures of it when we were there. It was up on my Facebook page. And then, it's the purple car. And it might have the, the card next to it, like, you know, the, the details on it. Mm hmm. And right, I've, had so it, could, I've had it for a long time. I bought it at the end of a Bear Jackson auction, you know, when you used to be able to wait around at the end of the day and get a deal. <laughs> that, that went away a long time ago. But, uh, and, you know, it just came across. I really didn't know that, that all that much about it, but uh, it looked pretty darn cool to me, and I knew they were rare and bought it, and I think I paid like $65,000 or some such thing for it. Well, it's, and, the engine's uh, worth more than that well, today. It, get, it gets a ton of attention in the Yeah. The... The thing, you know, I, I realized, because I used to do that, I mean, I never, it wasn't quite the uh, Kenlingfelder uh, route, but I would look at cars, like, let's say, eight years ago, before they kind of went nuts, I would go look at, like, the uh, Turbo 5 LeCar, you know, mid-engine, whatever, and i go, yeah. that's a cool piece, that's a cool piece, and, and, and I remember going, like, for thirty five grand, that's a that's a lot of car. That's a cool car, but the deal breaker for me is when I, you'd walk up on these cars from built nineteen eighty three or something, and then you'd stick your head in and you'd see a sea of plastic buttons. Oh, yeah, and you look very at the, flat looking. You like to look at the seats, and you look at the dash, you look at the steering wheel, and you go. It looked better on the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked it, it on the website. A car that I loved is that the Jaguar XJ two twenty terrible interior that's got that type of interior that's why all of them that you see have really dark tinted windows when they're in the museum because <laughs> right. they don't want you to show that right but uh, that thing's several lotus hundred esprit. thousand right now you know? yeah lotus right. esprit yeah. yeah but those the lotus esprit is a better example in that you could get those things for 30 grand all day long yeah. a few years ago like that now the lacar or the the, the M- s5 what the hell's too many cars but the turbo lacar yeah those things are now 100 grand and probably the Esprits are getting up there, too. But, it, yeah, it looked cool shape. Remember it from your childhood and then sort of poke your head into it and go, hmm, that's uh, – but Ken not affected by that. No. So Ken, <laughs> Ken's got a couple of wacky cars in the collection now that we wrote them down here. But uh, the uh, the Zimmer Quicksilver we got to take a look at and the Chevette – yeah, okay. 80 Chevette. <laughs> All right, you know. Uh, <laughs> keep in mind, you know, I, I'm, I'm you older than it. you guys, you know, and so as a result there, that was a car that, you know, a lot of people had, always somebody in the family had one, or they Everyone had Everyone had. My and, friend, uh, my friend had a, and I never heard of this, maybe it was a SoCal thing, <laughs> he said, my mom had the slowest car in the world. I was like, well, my mom had a VW Squareback, so I don't know if it would be any slower in my mom's car. And he's like, he had a Chevette. I was like, Chevette, uh, Diesel. 
Oh my god, that is that's got to be the slowest zero to sixty car ever created. I don't know if we could do sixty. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Zero to forty. Zero car to forty, ever. right? So here's what we do. You know, we've got an event coming in, a charity event coming in, and so we'll take the Chevette or maybe the. Uh, you know, one of the other cars like that, a Pacer or a Gremlin, and we'll put it up in the room with the Ferraris. Yeah. Just to see what people do. You know? <laughs> yeah. Now, mind you, there's a La Ferrari in that room. You guys saw it when you yeah, were there. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the Chevette. And they're you, like, this is the shop car. Is this the guy who cleans the floors? <laughs> you, you'd be shocked how many people go over to that Chevette. You know, you really would. Oh, my God. I they're trying I, to move it. Well, maybe they are. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of times what you hear is, I thought all these rusted away. You know, they're all gone, <laughs> right? right? You know? Yeah, it's a Michigan but, car, and it's in one piece. Yeah, it's but it, it's only got 5,000 miles on it, so it's in good shape. That's just, that's the limit. Yep. How? Uh, <laughs> that's all the miles. What do we have in the – what's on the wish list for the Ferrari department? So Ken gets he's, – he's made the cut, or at least – some of the cuts he's to get a, himself preferred customer. on the list for the newest, yeah. coolest Ferraris coming out. What's next? Uh, 812 Superfast. The 812 Superfast. Again, I love them because this is another one of the uh, front engine long nose cars, right? right? Like, right. I love the GT style cars. We love your F12 TDF that we got to see. Right. Remember that? Yeah. What's the difference between the A and the F? Well, you know, the it's just the newer car. The Superfast is their fastest production Ferrari that they've built so far. And uh, it, it is an amazing car. And, you know, actually it's uh, – this is hard to say about Ferrari, but it's actually pretty reasonable under the circumstances. It starts at about 350000 Wow. Uh, and, well, you know, a, when you think about dozen. the other things they do, um, I think that's pretty good. So uh, I, I, yeah. guess, I guess I get to put an order in something like May or June. That's okay. What I'm told. And so. uh, then how long before it's delivered? Now, that's a good question. I never have any control or any idea. No. Is it yeah. usually about a year or no, is there a no, ballpark? No. Or? I, I think with this one, I'll probably, based on past experience, I'd probably have it in the late fall. So, so. about how many months? Uh, five months. Yep. And it's going to be red. Is, yeah, oh, yeah. Is, <laughs> um, so what do you do? Are you do you physically look at swatches of paint, material, headliner, that kind of stuff? Yeah, but or all of his are red already. So well, so, the red we got. Yeah, right. yeah. But but the thing is, and and you know they've got their own rooms where you go in and you really pick out everything, and that's mm-hmm. really yeah. where you spend the money because everything is a little bit of an upgrade. That F twelve TDF that you know you guys saw at the collection. That was a $30,000 up paint upgrade. It's painted the same red that the F1 race cars are. Mm-hmm. So, and oh, then if you get... camera ready. It's camera friendly. Yeah, red. a little more go. orange in it. It yeah, looks red exactly. around camera. Oh, it actually outside. It's a gorgeous car. I mean, yeah. it, it changes depending on whether you're looking at it in the morning or the evening. But uh, but that's where, what it's all about. And you go in and you pick out what you're going to do, what you're going to put on the seats, what kind of stitching you're going to do, mm-hmm. and... Where are you going to put carbon fiber? And uh, it doesn't take long to build that price up there, believe me. So. <laughs> I yeah. never really thought of it, Ferraris as a la carte as like Porsche is, you know? Like you can. Well, they're probably can, not as, but you can definitely. Maybe more customization. With yeah. It. yeah. I think that TDF is a, that F12 TDF is a cool car. Oh, it's Just very a, cool. Yeah. You know, and it's got to be, what is it, 700 something horsepower? Like it's. Yep. Uh, yes, uh, it is. And, you know, the thing is. And naturally aspirated 12. These aren't the. 
I love a, right? a look. I love. I'm with Matt. I love a long nose front engine GT touring car. Yeah. I love. I love that. I mean, I love the mid engine. But, but now stuff the GT is touring too, cars but, do zero to sixty in two point nine seconds, three seconds. Yeah, they're, like, not, they're, they're not, not even really front <laughs> engine because they're yeah, mid front. front mid. You know. So, and you know, one of the other things that happens is, as a result of the Ferraris and and such, I got invited by them to come out to the thermal here this, this last November to drive F12s and 488s. Wow. And uh, two and a half days of just punishing them on oh, the track. Oh, nice. And, uh, you know, Which did you cars. like better on the track? Um, actually, the 488 is an amazing yeah. car. It really is. I always thought my 430 back in the day was probably about the best sports car like that I'd ever owned. But that 488 is amazing. Absolutely amazing. 488 looks really good, too. I just Especially in anything close to race trim, like when you yeah. see them at Le Mans stuff, they just look the part. Being a Ferrari guy, I've got a question for you. Adam and I have been recently been talking about uh, this this Ferrari that we knew very little about recently. Maybe you're more familiar with it. The Ferrari 208 GTB Turbo. It's oh, a four-cylinder turbo car. I'm not even sure if there was any here in the U.S., right? We started I'd seeing them. I'd never seen one overseas. Left-hand on drive, we've seen them as well, but they had a roughly the same horsepower as the 308, but it was a it was a turbo four, and it has a little bit of some ducting and stuff on it. It's got mm-hmm. hints of 288 GTO, but and uh, I, it only made, what, 400-something of them, and, and I just don't know... Why we haven't heard of this car more? Yeah, no, I don't either. I I got to tell you, I love the Ferrari look of those days. Back yeah. in those days, I, and I'm always watching to find one. At some point or another, there's going to be one in the collection. I can promise you that. But uh, you mean in not not necessarily a turbo, but a two. Uh, 308 or 308. 328. 308, 328, exactly. one of those styles, yeah. yeah. Hey, well, well, you've uh, got your 288 GTO, so you've already got the holy grail of yeah. that body style, Well, right? speaking <laughs> of that, Max Pata, find the Ferrari 208. 208. Right. Or 208 GTB or 208 Turbo. And and then find the 288 uh, GTO, I don't know, 88, 89, or whatever it is. It has... Some features that that like the front air dam that has a little had a little look. It has a sort of uh, knack duck uh, down on the rocker panel in front of the rear tire. That's kind of it's got a little extra venting. If you have the one I was looking at online, I looked at online had like driving lights in the in the front. Kind of reminded had a little bit of a GTO look. And in terms of uh, cars that are. Uh, 55 to 90 grand uh if you're looking to get started uh, this is a pretty I, this seems like a pretty good one to get started with it it looks it looks great it's a ferrari they didn't make too many of them and they're well under 100 grand yeah i like that a lot because you yeah. don't see much that way anymore yeah well there's so. one coming up for auction yeah in uh that. goodwood no yeah kidding. and all yeah, yeah what i'm saying is is uh, don't get month? the mondial get Get this one if yeah. you got fifty five grand and you want to buy a Ferrari yeah. or or the um, or the Dino eight whatever. <laughs> There's too many badges. Oh, in the three hundred eight Dino. The three hundred eight Dino. Dino. Yeah, yeah. The, the, those will for the same price of a three hundred eight Dino. You can get the turbo two hundred eight. Yeah. And I think if you pulled up to a Cars and Coffee in the two hundred eight, you'd have a lot more conversations. Yeah. I, I think so. Right. I I I. I I'm hesitant to say entry level Ferrari because everyone busted my chops last time I said that. But but well, an Matt, entry level. Hold on, Matt is a poor Ferrari. person. Matt is poor. I am rich. <laughs> Matt is allowed to talk like this because he can't afford 
the entry-level Ferrari that he's talking about. So he got his balls busted because he said this is an entry. He was talking about a 355 that he liked. Uh, and he said this is a nice entry-level Ferrari. you probably get between, you know, and, and I think the estimate was like 130 to 160 or something. Yeah, not if that. Yeah, 120-ish, 100-to-one-something. Well, it was 130 because we were yeah. sort of getting stuck on that. And then it went up to like once A very expensive estimate for a 360. But what... Uh, uh, 355. What, a 355. What Matt was saying was entry-level Ferrari... He meant just that, which yeah. is the Ferraris go up to sixty million dollars. <laughs> sure. So the one you could, the one that could be had for a buck twenty-five is by by definition an entry level Ferrari. Yeah. He's not saying, "Hey, poor brown and black people <laughs> of Mississippi, here's your daily driver." He's saying, if you want an entry-level Ferrari, Thank I've never you. defended you so much yes. in my life, <laughs> yeah. you may then get this car. Well, here you go, Matt. That was my first Ferrari. So the 355? 355? Yep, yep. Nine, 1995 355 Berlinetta. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was a very cool car. I love really those was. cars. Wait, yeah. did you buy it new? Uh, almost new. Is that it, what got you on the list? Uh, no. Well, <laughs> in this club, it's an accumulation of things over the <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, sure believe it is. Me. So, and no one really knows how we get yeah. on that list either. Believe me, I nobody. Uh, thank knows. goodness I'm there. You yeah, know, I, that's all I can tell I you. I know how so, you get off the, the list. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. sell a bunch of Ferrari, you flip some Ferraris. Yeah, you never do that. You know. Well, I'll tell that to Miss. No. Uh, uh, What's his name oh, from Shark Tank? Shark yeah. Tank guy. Nobody knows his name. It's so many letters. Robert Hershevik. There you go. Oh, eh, not bad. There you go. Very not good. Bad. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, or John Cena with his Ford GT. Oh, what happened to John Cena on his Ford so GT? So he, he bought his Ford GT and he flipped it like a month later. And he did. Uh, so just Ken, in case you're not checking out what wrestlers are doing <laughs> on on YouTube. He he did a whole video about picking his car up at the dealer. He got in that weird teal color, which I don't approve of for yeah, F one fifties, but there, it kind of worked on that car. And he and it it got around the internet so much so that I don't I don't follow John Cena, but when I turn on my computer, somebody sent me this thing. He yeah. got in a car, he went and picked it up, and whatever. So he he put it out there into the social media sphere that I'm getting this car. And then a few months later, he went to sell the car. And I think somebody and found Ford out. Ford had one of those Ferrari-like contracts sure. saying you can't sell it for, I don't know, 18 months or something. And, uh, and then Ford claims, excuse me, Ford claims they reached out to him several times, get your car back, it's against the rules, blah, blah, blah. And... Uh, I guess he didn't. So Ford went to Ford go sue wanted him. to recoup whatever profit plus seventy five grand in damages. Wow! Yeah, so they wanted it back. And here's the here's the crazy part. And and maybe you can find this online. Like we haven't seen whatever the lawsuit is, but it looks like the fine print in the contract. Nowhere does it say you can't actually sell the car. It was just a rule. It was just a spoken rule, non written. And I think his lawyer's going, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, purchase agreement, and it doesn't say we can't sell the car. So I don't know what Ferrari does, what they make you sign versus you just know the rules. Yeah. You know, and you're going to get penalized. I, I can only remember signing one document, and that was with a law Ferrari when I ordered it. And, yeah. you know, they're very protective of their brand, which they should be. I mean, it is a great brand, and they're going to keep it that way. Uh, but it, 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 the rules just kind of always been 18 months in 
of course, I'm not going to yeah. sell them, period. You know, so that doesn't make a difference. They know I'm going to have it forever. So, you, you know, my thought on the on the Cena thing is, is like, I get it. It's profitable, whatever. But it was so difficult for everybody to get on the list. And there's a lot of people that maybe should have been on the list that couldn't get on the list. Yeah. I think it's kind of a a very non-car guy move to sell it like that. I think it was kind of a douchey move to sell it. Like, did he really need a couple extra, you know, bucks or what, you know, why wouldn't he just say, all right, I'll sell it to you. We can agree on a deal. You can have it in 18 months. Right. You know, and we all come out looking good on this. Like, I just didn't really get it. I'm just reading what the internet has to say. Cena's lawyers say he didn't get it directly from Ford. He bought it from Elder Ford of Tampa. So, like, they received one and he bought it from them. Now, I don't know. It seems like they all had to be ordered on a list. Well, look, I'm fine. So, one could say, well, maybe Elder Ford... Maybe they ordered one and they were going to receive one. That's mm-hmm. that's believable. And then maybe the guy from Elder Ford was going to give it to his son and his son OD'd the weekend before. <laughs> so now he had this Ford sitting here and he's a big WWE fan. And John Cena came in and signed some swag for him and he gave it to him at sticker price or yeah. list or whatever it is. I can believe that. Still, Cena flipping the car makes him a non-car guy and on all our views, right? Right. Also, he should know, like, everybody who's interested in that car knows there was a list. It does explain the kooky color. It does. I'm and not also, sure that Cena would order that the car. The video is funny, though, because when he tries to get in it, oh, he's, boy, just, he's just too big for it. Yeah, that had to he's, be fun to and watch. And he's, he's like, I'm comfortable. This is great. This car is fantastic. Like, you don't look comfortable at all. But I imagine every car he gets into is like that, you know, other than his Escalade or whatever he rolls around in. Well, these guys all love big trucks and stuff anyway. <laughs> I don't know if it's if it's – if it's necessity or they just love those big, stupid G-Wagons. Anyway, Ken, <laughs> Ken probably has three G-Wagons. No, no G-Wagons. <laughs> I hate those cars so much. I No, what it is is I hate the people who drive them. I, I, I would like to make a distinction. My mom once said to me, because she read a book, I don't like – it's not that I don't like you. I don't like the things that you do. And I said, <laughs> I was like 10, and I just went, I am what I do. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> that was my response to her. And it was all downhill. Just it's all still downhill. downhill. Yeah, she's, she's like, well, alive. you're out. We're still, it's still, we haven't, we haven't reconciled. But the point is, is <laughs> I, I don't want to blame the G-Wagon. I want to blame the douche or the Kardashian who buys the G-Wagon. That's what I want to say. Yeah. Who has it wrapped. Yeah. Oh, we just had... Uh-oh. Max Pata? Yeah. That's one I saw in my neighborhood. Oh, my Chris goodness. Chris D'Elia. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I Chris D'Elia, who I'm very fond of, was in here yesterday yeah. in a G-Wagon. Sure was. With a flat olive drab or mm-hmm. low sheen olive drab finish on it. Really? So I got to rethink my my. I got to I got to do some soul searching because we re- love Chris. You're depressing, Ken. Chris D'Elia is a super funny comedian actor. Who I like He's a lot. Cringing. But if I saw him in that car and I didn't know him, I'd go. There goes a douchebag. Douche. That that photo, Ken. By the way, of that that bright yellowy green one was in uh, a neighborhood uh, not too far from me when I was out for a run, and somebody put a note in the window. Saying, don't park this ugly piece of crap in oh, front no of my... <laughs> yeah, what did it say? I, I forgot what it said, but... 
Please uh, park on your own street, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, I do know one cut me off on my way in here from Beverly oh, Hills. Good, oh, good, good. I was straining to see if it was a Kardashian behind the wheel. I'm telling you, it speaks exactly to Adam's yeah. point of yeah. it's the drivers, right? It's the people. Look, obviously Mercedes <laughs> makes a great product, it's a great brand, everything else. I don't I don't get the 100 plus, you know, the six-figure uh, price tag for what is essentially a Kleenex box with like a cigarette pack <laughs> sitting on top of it. Like I I don't I don't get that. I think our feeling is is if I pay a lot of money, I'd like to cheat the wind a little bit. Yeah. But uh I it's no doubt it's a quality, you know, you'd rather drive that than a Bronco too. Yeah. I can promise you there will never be one in the Lingenfelder collection. <laughs> Unless it's that in a Transformers movie. It's kind of an interesting it's an interesting examination into the psyche of somebody because there are, as much as we could tell about you and anybody by the cars they like, you could probably tell just as much by the cars they don't like. Yeah, good point. And I would much rather have that Chevette than one of those G wagons sitting <laughs> sitting around. Now, if I was flipping it like John Cena, I'd take the G wagon. But I mean, in terms of people walking in and seeing what I got, yeah. I'd be embarrassed with the G wagon. But I feel the same way about guys who wear too many bracelets. Yeah, well, what's with the bracelets? And they go like, "Well, my daughter made it for me." And I go, "Yeah, my daughter made me one. You know where it is." It's in that weird basket where all the junk gets by the sky. All the, the other shit she made for the, me. You know, that, that basket in the kitchen that, that where the chapstick and the two batteries and the mail you never answer. Yeah. It's in that basket. Yeah, we got, we it's got not a, on me. We got a drawer in our house. It's uh, <laughs> the junk drawer. Yeah, yeah it's just a pull uh, of shit your daughter yeah. made that yeah. you're yeah. never going to wear. It's not a junk drawer. It's a collectibles drawer. It's a knickknack drawer. Yeah, it never gets <laughs> sorted. It never gets cleaned out. There's also inexplicably one of those... Um, disposable cameras from the 90s in there, too, oh, that yeah. came with something. Like, what is that? That was from the wedding from nine years ago. Well, what are we doing? we still got three pictures. Like, we're not doing anything with it. Get rid of it. Like, no. It's Can you even two- get it developed? I don't know. Do you have but to go I, to, like, a lab of some sort? I swear to Christ, we have that kind of stuff, like, floating around. We can just never, we can never get rid of it. All right, let's see. Ken, we should tell uh, people to uh, hit his website. If you're what? Who who should who should check out your performance products? Oh boy, anybody likes General Motors cars, that's for sure. You know, we've been having a blast with C7 Corvette and uh, the Camaros that my gosh, I just picked up one of those ZL11LEs. We put our 720 package on it before we sent it to the Detroit Auto Show and the Chicago Auto Show. What an amazing car. I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm glad we have customers that want the 720 package, but it's great right out of the box. It really is. What an amazing car. The and, 720's horsepower? Yeah. And, and, and the Camaro. What's, yep. it, what's the horsepower out of the box? You know, something around 640, 650. You guys do some stuff with tuning and cooling? Everything, uh, depending on what the customer's going to want. But how do you get it them. from, how do you, how do you tack on 80 horsepower? Pulleys in a tune. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. thinking. You don't have to break things no, open for that. we're not that. in the motor for that, no. Now, we can go in the motor, and we can make 800 horsepower, and we'll soon have a 1,000-horsepower Camaro out there to show off. And so we've got to go into the motor to get some of those things done. But When uh, do you know, where do you draw that line, or does GM tell you where to draw the line in terms of when do we get into rods and pistons and 
cranks and balancing and blah, blah, blah. You know, Adam, you got to go the old school way. You just, you know, work on it. You get it up on the engine diner. You add a little bit here, add a little bit there. Um, you, Matt and I were talking this morning. You know, we we made 1,400 horsepower on an LT4 this this week. And we'll have an, another another announcement on Friday with what we've been able to do with that motor. These That's are, a Corvette engine the, the, with the new direct injection engine mm-hmm. that they're 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 putting turbos on it on a and just kind of pushing the engine to its limits. And but, but 14, are you saying you made horsepower. you made fourteen on a stock bottom end? Well, yeah, actually, uh-huh. wow, yeah. I mean, the all the the biggest problem with that motor is it's always been fuel delivery. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's not a problem. I mean, for crying out loud, for what they're doing, it's great. But if you want more power, you've got to have more fuel delivery. And everybody's been coming up with all these different supplemental ways to get fuel to the engine. And uh, and we've got an injector system that's just very amazing that we've worked on. It's an exclusive Lingenfelder product. And uh, we made 1,400 horsepower and more to come. Uh, wow. Listen listen on Friday. We'll put something up on our website. What's the uh, – well, this will air on – Friday. Friday. So listen yeah. today, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, uh, what's the display? Is that a 427 or what is the displacement on that thing? Here's the dyno video. We're looking at the dyno. Yeah. It's a 6.2. Is that a 420? Oh, 6.0, 5.0, 6.0, so 5.0, 3, and then 7 liter would be 4.27. So it's like a 380 or something? 370 yeah. 70 or something? Find out what 6.2 liter. So a 302 is like 5, right? Or 289, 5. So 302, 5. And then uh, 6, so it's 360. 679. I mean, uh, 370. It's a 379. That's my, that's my guess. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, I think it's important to us, too, though, is our customers, a lot of them. So that's are, a small block, essentially. Yeah, right? everything's small block now I because guess. you can get so much, so much displacement out of it. Uh, our customers yeah. are doing a lot of racing. You know, we, we've actually got a guy we're working with right now, a young man by the name of Dirk Stratton that does drifting. Uh, if you would have asked me three years ago if we'd ever have something on the drifting uh, schedule, yeah, I'd say you're nuts. But it's a big deal, especially with the young people. And uh, so as a result, those engines are at the at the limit all the time. And LS engines are great. You know, we really cut our teeth on them. We're considered one of the experts in the world on doing lt engines er, uh, excuse me uh, um, is it a 357 no no no, no. now get no. us the just get us the 6.2 just get, how many cubic inches what is 6.2 liters boy i thought you meant i thought you meant that particular one all right no 6.2 is 6.2 any you just do the calculator 6.2 liter into cubic inches guesses people i'll go with the 378 is it Price is Right rules? <laughs> no. Sure. I don't like Price is Right rules. I don't like this. So, so, oh, you so, went so, above so. it. So what? I got closest. All right. It's closest. 380. I'm just guessing. I didn't do the math in my head. <laughs> but as I said, LS engines are great. They always have been. We realized very early on these LT engines were the future. And yeah. so even back when they first started to uh, to put them in vehicles, they put them in the pickup trucks first. And, uh, you know, a 2013 Silverado had an LT1 in it. And, Believe me, we bought a couple of them when we started working at them and uh, got a little bit of, uh, uh, not a little bit, a lot of engineering done. So when the C7 Corvette came out, we were ready to go. The so, uh, 6.2 is 378.347. Didn't I say 378? Yeah. 
But I wanted Matt to guess anyways. <laughs> I don't know. He's just being Matt, a dick. I know I bring if, you this, knew the, if you already knew the answer. I bring this up to everyone within the sound of my ears on an almost weekly basis. Can you believe I was a horrible student? Like I, was a, I was considered dumb in a high school filled with dummies. My high school was not like, oh, we got a bunch of Asian kids or on the, the math team or anything. I don't. My North Hollywood High was littered with retarded kids, and I was considered <laughs> dumb. I was a dunce in a group of dumb people. How's that possible? How did it fall through the crack? <laughs> you got to be I good at some goddamn calculations <laughs> in my head. I don't yeah. even. Ha- I don't. I don't. I don't know. Maybe considered maybe dumb. normal math you can't do, but cubic inch and engine math. If they positioned all math to you as engine math in high school, you would have been an A student. See, that's what it was all about. It's all about the cars. That's right. right. It's about yeah. contact. That's how you were able to do yeah, it. Yeah, right. So that whole thing is like if Billy got on a train and he had a bushel of apples right. and the train was 30 miles to the next stop. And I was like, I don't give a shit about Billy and his stupid apples. That's right. Let's talk about displacement. But if Billy bought a, an LT4 and he wanted to add a little cube. To it, and uh, he was going to bore it thirty over. He went with what a is he, what dome is he style piston. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what the that's what the word problem should be. You're right, right? I was at the wrong place. Yeah, that's right. I should have been at one of those trade academies. Yeah, I would have mopped up over there. Wyotech <laughs> <laughs> or one of those. I, I bet that's they got right. the best word problems on their on their exam. Some of those commercials are so good. I'm thinking about quitting and working on Harley's like full time. Like when I mean, they show you, those guys and they got their instructors. They got the motorcycle up on the stand and the guy sniffing Every, the plug. Everybody looks clean and happy. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about swapping out careers. All right. I'm also thinking about Geico, man. Yeah. You want to save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance. How about you go to Geico? So what you do is you go to Geico.com. In 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on your auto insurance. Super easy. Just go to Geico.com. Spend about 15 minutes. You could be saving 15% or more on your car insurance. Take that extra money, put it in your pocket. Hit uh, one of those local auctions. See if you can find that Ferrari 208. That's right. And uh, take that extra money and uh, get yourself Ferrari. Geico.com. All right. Uh, let's do one question before we uh, wrap it up here, Max Panna. All right. This, uh, this is a listener email. This comes from Bob. He's uh, from Sarasota, and he writes... Ace man, I love the podcast and would love to get your take on Corvettes. While I live in Sarasota, Florida, I grew up in blue collar Levittown, New York, on the south shore of Long Island. As a kid growing up in the seventies, American muscle cars and especially Corvettes, we we uh, would dream about every day in high school. Now, for the most part, Corvettes of the seventies were not great cars. But if you look what they've accomplished since the C5 launch in '97 and the current C7 offerings, it's hard to argue that it's a world-class performance car. I now own a 2017 Z06, and I admit I live with some rattles, bad paint, and a few interior parts that aren't top quality, but overall it's an amazing car, especially for some something under 90K. I proudly drive to all the cars and coffee events in Sarasota each weekend and never seem to get any respect from the Porsche, Ferrari, and Euro crowd. Snobs. <laughs> I, would love to, I would love your take on the Corv- uh, what Corvette represents to, today in the performance car world. Well, yeah. good. We got Ken here. Yeah, if only we knew perfect, a Corvette guy. Perfect timing. Yeah. Also, you know, my, a Corvette guy that owns Ferraris and Porsches as well. There my, you go. Right? My take, well, my take is I, I've, I've always mm-hmm. – uh, look, I like anyone who's trying to achieve performance. You know, when they put a Cosworth engine in a Vega, I was like, good for you. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. for you. I you don't know, know why, Leno always speaks about the Corvette being like his favorite sports car. Well, you know, so anybody who's attempting 
performance, whatever the marquee is, we should all applaud that person. Now, then we can start getting into who's doing a better job of achieving it, and then at what what's the price? Of course, Ferrari, when it's a sort of unlimited price tag, well, they get they they make an amazing product, and you pay for it. It's like going to a really good steakhouse and going, well, there's a really good steak, and the Wagyu beef is 110 bucks. You go, yeah, yeah well, it should yeah. be, but still good for you, but still, I'm glad you exist. You know, Where do you get that really great piece of meat for 28 yeah. to 35 bucks? That's, now, go. that's a challenge. And so what Corvette does is they go, we'll give you that beef. We'll give you that Wagyu beef. We'll give it to you for 30 bucks. Yeah. And you go... Yeah, but I don't like the booths at this place as much. And they go, yeah, yeah. that's why it's 30, 30 bucks. And you go, that's eh, not on this part of town that I normally <laughs> like to take my lady to. And they go, yeah, yeah, 30 bucks. 30 that's bucks. why it's 30 bucks. Right. And yeah. that's what they, what they are to me. Uh, and they've had good years and bad years. And, and we all love the look of the 63 split window and all, and all that. That kind of stuff, and yeah. no one, no one can argue with the performance of today. I like the what's my the vet I always like is the one with the um, striping on the fenders from the eighties with the you know Yamaha or Kawasaki heads on it or whatever it was. Oh, oh the, no, the the, out, the, the, uh, the original ZR one, yeah, the there you go. ZR one, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The, oh, the wait the, a minute, it was it was uh, it was the it was the Marine Builder, right? Like Mercury yeah, or something had yeah, heads on it. Yeah, right? you're talking about the ZR1. Right. Yeah, yep. They And those were really great cars. They really were much faster than anything that they had hoped to do. Actually, there was another iteration of that engine that was going to come out. And, uh, you know, one of the bean counters killed that plan. But the but the fact is that was an amazing car. It was a C4 Corvette, though. Yeah. And, you know. The, that, that had the digital dash yeah, in it? Digital yeah, digital dash. Yeah. And you that had was, that, that kind of uncomfortable off. seating yeah. position. But I've always said bang for the buck. I, oh, yeah. I still oh, think sure. that's a great collector car. I'm surprised that didn't go up as more. I thought I saw one at auction or whatever, a convertible that went for the, the estimate is like 25 grand or something like that. But I yeah. think yeah. they're. Is that the market on those? Years? They're yeah. moving up think, a little I don't bit. Think they, I don't think they did zero one convertibles, but they, I, they somebody must have badged it. Someone must have taken a convertible in that midnight blue and like painted yeah. the badging on the stripes on the fenders. Um, Ralph's uh, from Newport Beach. Ralph? Yeah, hi. Can you hi, hear me? How are you guys? Good. You're, yeah, can you? Your gay man wants to chime in on your hatred for the G wagons. I, I never specifically said I was gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's just our astute phone screener sniffing out. I told him keep your ears open for the gays. We don't need any trouble. He whiz. He whiz. I guess I've been outed. Well, you know, back to the Corvettes real quick. Um, you know that this is a funny fact. Most guys that own Corvettes, their names are Nick. Wait, can't, you're lucky the phone's job. I think this is the guy who calls into my show, by the way. That's a joke. All right. I normally have time for everyone's nonsense, yeah, but uh, yeah, today's, yeah. A, today's a four-podcast day. So, uh, the vet, yeah, I was uh, able to go race the C7R. Huh? Yeah, the Burton Racing uh, course, C7R. Oh, that's a good car. Yeah. Yeah. Eight hundred, eight fifty, something horsepower. Eight fifty. Wow! I knew that. that. I knew car. that would just get him fired up. Just oh, he always rounds down to eight. <laughs> just to get him fired up. It was eight hundred and fifty horsepower, <laughs> and I don't know if that thing that thing didn't weigh three thousand pounds. It was no. a full tube frame car with a 
you know, fiberglass hanging all well, over it. Well, with Claudio in it. With Claudio in it, it did. <laughs> He's but a big boy. Without, with me in it. It's the only car I've ever, only race car I've ever driven where I got in the car and I couldn't see over the cow because <laughs> Claudio's a big dude. And I was like, we need to cut some foam out and put it in this seat so I can see over this yeah. big cow that uh, was on the, on, on the hood. I literally couldn't, couldn't see over it. And later on... Show that car. Do we have that car? The um, lots of weird stuff in that car. I remember driving. I remember qualifying in it, and then I came back, and I was like, I can't tell how fast I'm going, or what gear I'm in, or what what RPMs I'm pulling. And the guy leans into the car and he goes, "Oh, you had it in pit mode." And then, <laughs> I, then he pushes a button on the side of the of the display that I don't know is there, and he goes, "You got to put it on track mode." And I'm going, "Yeah, I didn't put it on any mode." But yeah, next I've, time I've been in the car for nine seconds. Next time it's in pit mode when we're starting to qualify. Lean into the car <laughs> and do that thing with the button that you're doing yeah. now, and then I'll know what gear I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys build any engines for like Trans Am racing, or uh, I mean, I know you guys do a lot of the road racing. You've done some drag racing experimentation, right, right. a lot of the uh, Optima Challenge, Autocross. But do you guys have a? Do you do much in in nothing in Trans Am? Uh, to my knowledge, uh, you know, we hadn't ever done it. But the fact is drag racing, obviously, road racing, other kinds of road racing we have. Um, you know, a customer calls us, asks us what they – tells us what they want to do, and we come up with a combination of uh, of performance parts that's going to accomplish their goal. Do you, do you so. have shops, engine builders and, and machine shops that are oh, yeah. just buying your stuff and use it? Because I got to imagine that your parts are showing up on a bunch of race cars and stuff as well without officially being. You know, not only that, that. I, I went out to the Grand Roadster show out in uh, uh, Pomona here again. And, you know, there were guys there that were building cars that were using some of our parts. And it was obviously music to my ears when they come yeah. over and put their arm around me and says, hey, Ken, look at this, you know. So yeah, well, there's the car that you drove, and and uh, Adam, uh, which is uh, I think it's such a good looking car. Oh, that by is the way. a good looking car, isn't geez. it? It's good looking, man. Except for do we have the inside of that car? The <laughs> stupid stuff like there's a clear hose that was going. They put on a nipple that was on the bias, either brake bias or the or the adjustment for the sway bar. And I thought it was a hydraulic line for the first two races i did and then at a certain point they're like that's your water hose (laughs) it's like (laughs) so it doesn't flop around it's like stuck on stuck onto the sway bar it's stuck onto the sway bar adjuster and i was like i remember looking at it i was like this car has a hydraulic sway bar system and (laughs) then later weird then later on the guy's like no that's your drinking hose and then you know during yellow flags you can drink and then i turn on the pumps like there's a switch on the dash you're scared to hit any of the switches cause yeah. you're scared like the car's gonna stop you know and uh and i started i was drinking on it and then i stopped it but it just kept going like i just got to <laughs> just like throw it on the floor and let it bleed out like on the, on the other seat i had no idea what was going on inside that uh inside that there was car. a learning curve there was a learning curve but it was uh it was fun the you kind of looked right at fun. home there adam i yeah. got pretty do we got a lap from uh, the Max Pat? You can look for a lap for that. I got I got really comfortable after about uh, ten laps or twelve laps or something. I, it was yeah. a it was a forty was a hundred mile race. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be about fifty laps or something. So and forty I think laps in a two and a half mile. Yeah. Uh, track that track was fast because uh, 
Tommy Dreesey, who was on the pole, did a two and a half mile loop in one eighteen and change. That just means you are hauling. Ass. You really are. It's yeah. a very because fast track. you go to Laguna Seca, and Laguna Seca is like two point two, and if you're doing in the one thirties, one thirty fives, you're moving. Mm-hmm. This is two point five, and you're doing it in the teens, which just means you are. Tommy's going to be. Uh, on that Tommy's going to be driving one of the uh, uh, Burton racing cars next season. Should yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, they switched the Camaro bodies. Believe it or not, they has two cars, Camaro bodies, because they have better aero than that C7 one. Oh, that? really? In, in race trim, yeah. Yeah, you didn't think the aero could get any better, but it had a lot of it had a lot of downforce too, which was crazy. Because when the tires got greasy, one of the many conversations I wish I'd had in advance <laughs> with those guys, which is at the end of the race. That car's sliding all over the place, and now you're going into turn eight at 160 miles an hour, and you're not supposed to back off, and you're like, why am I not sliding off the end of this track? And it's all downforce is the answer. Okay. So the thing that's weird is to really experience it firsthand, which is your your tires just getting greasy and just going away in the last eight, ten laps of the race. It, just, it was just going. It was just going away up at the horseshoe at the top, just sliding around. And you're thinking, I'm thinking like a normal person. Like, I'm going 48 miles an hour at the top of this horseshoe, and the car's sliding all over the place. Yeah. So now I'm going to go 160 into this turn at the end of this straightaway that's not really banked. <laughs> I'm just going to go – I'm just going to sail sure. off into the desert. Yeah. And – the car's planted, and I'm not doing it. All I'm thinking is I'll follow the guy in front of me. If he goes off, I'm going off too. But I can't figure it out. And then when I get out of the car, I'm like, why is the car planted at 160 and all over the place at 48? And they're like, arrow. Arrow. And I'm like, okay, tell me about that. Let's have a brief conversation yeah. about arrow <clears throat> before the next race. Or now I've done the math. We yeah. had the same conversation a while back. I got to do a few laps in uh, in the one of the Lotus V10 F1 cars over at Thermal. Wow! And uh, the training was in uh, Lotus Avoras, the supercharged Avoras. Mm-hmm. So you you do a day in Avoras. And you learn the track and all that stuff. And, you know, when you start to get a little squeal, they're like, you got to either straighten out or back off. You're going to start to slide around. Then you get in the F1 car and they're like, okay, well, everything you learned in the Evora doesn't really apply to this car. And it's the same thing. They're like, if you start getting a little loose, more throttle. More throttle because the arrow pushes the car down. Go faster. It is, <laughs> it is so – it's like unnerving. It's also kind of interesting. But the the – amount of just sort of skate and slip and whatever that car had on it by the end of the race on the slower parts of the track especially with 850 horsepower just that 850 horsepower was just right there just boom like i've never seen a v8 rev that fast yeah you you come out of the horseshoe you can't get on it you get on it it's just like immediately just it's all over the place so it's like you have no confidence, and then you're going into the fastest turn in the West, and you're like going, I'm going flat out. And it's, it, was, it was crazy, but it's all arrow. It's yeah. amazing Wait, what arrow does. You guys work with Danny Pop? Yes. Danny Pop. Yeah. He's like the greatest Optima challenge oh driver. He's got to speak to arrow at some point, right? He's got to be – you guys must have some sort of conversation 
And he builds the car, right? He builds the yeah, car. Yeah, I and mean, you guys... we, we build the engine. You know, you it, it's engine. our engine. And, yeah. and uh, Danny's an amazing driver. Anytime I get a little cocky, I feel like I'm doing really well. You know, on the track, I get in the car with Danny. And, you know, where I'd be lifting, he's got his foot to the floor. Uh, amazing driver. But, you know, he's he typically, uh, through Optima, uses a C5 Corvette. And, uh, and when he's racing uh, for good guys, he's got a C3 Corvette. None of those have really got much arrow. No. So, you know, uh, it's a lot of... Yeah. Uh, there well, he is right we're there. We're looking yeah. at him. So that yeah. car doesn't look like... He's got a lot of tire, but not much arrow. Exactly. But well, on his other car, does he put big wing and everything on it? He's autocrossing there, right? Yeah. He, you know, he's... He's probably, I think, about the best autocrosser in the country, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, autocross, but, you probably don't get, you probably don't need any arrow at autocross just because of the speeds. I you don't need know. More. Those cars got a lot of wings on them. I don't well, know if it's cosmetic or what. I don't think it's going to hurt. Yeah. Uh, I'll put it to you that way. But autocross, I just feel like it's all about good tires, good power, good driving, obviously. Yeah. But I don't know that the this, I feel like that arrow doesn't kick in until like, over 90 miles an hour. That's when it like, starts yeah, to that's kick what, in. Yeah, that's what makes that Optima uh, Ultimate Streetcar Invitational. It's a very long name. Uh, All right. Uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Folks want to come out and see me and Dennis Prager this Tuesday, February 27th. No Safe Spaces Tour will be uh, up at Phoenix at the GCU Arena. They've sold it out with about 1,500 seats, but I think they're gonna, they can expand it. So uh, get some tickets. Always a great evening with uh, Dennis Prager up on stage. Sacramento Thunder Valley Casino. It's March 2nd. That's stand-up. That'll be uh, me. Live shows, Oxnard, Santa Ana, Esports Arena. We'll do a live podcast there. That'll be the 21st. And you just go to amcroll.com for all this stuff. The cruise, the Corolla drinks, uh, movies on chassis and all that kind of stuff. Just go to uh, amcroll.com for that. Ken, what you should do is hit the website, right? Lingenfelter.com. Lingenfelter.com. Just uh, spelled just how it sounds. And uh, Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea? Yes, sir. You want to go, what, Shift and Steer? Uh, Check out Shift and Steer podcast and follow all my social media. It's all at moderator. So, till next time, Sam Curl for Ken Lingenfelter. And Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.